This podcast replay is brought to you by Top Gun Indoor Range, the only indoor public archery range in Dade County. They also have a state-of-the-art gun range with the latest in indoor air quality with 18 lanes up to 25 yards, making them the largest indoor range in Dade County. TopGunIndoorRange.com. Uh, let's see. Uh, Big O, Omar mentioned if Tua is a free agent, not many teams will pick him up. And that's an indictment on Tua that we should not get him paid. When Lamar went to the open market, nobody picked him up. Um, listen, I, I don't know what Omar said, to be quite honest. I don't know if that's exactly what he said, to be quite honest, because it's hard to take the opinions of you guys. I don't want to play telephone. Because sometimes you guys don't hear what people actually said. Um, but I'll tell you this, okay? I have no doubt in my mind that if Tua was available in free agency, he would be picked up and somebody would give him a big contract because there will be intelligent teams that will understand how to play him. But the problem that goes on with some of the media members in town, with some of you fans out there, is that you don't understand the quarterback position. You don't understand what Tua is. And just like Mike McDaniel, you don't know how you should play the quarterback. And just like you shouldn't play Lamar Jackson as a passer, you should play him as a runner. Same thing when Jimmy Johnson takes over, you should not take away audibles from Marino. You should not take away his pass catching running backs. You should not take away his Pro Bowl wide receiver because you can't replace them. There's no way he can overcome having an advantage when he doesn't have the playbook in order to call. But when he had the playbook right on his sleeve or in his head, he's able to call whatever play and adjust at that moment because he sees the defense. But if you want to put Marino in the same disadvantage that Mike McDaniel puts to a constantly sending in plays late, so you can't adjust the play, you can't adjust the protections, the plays in so late, you just got to run it. And they may have the right defense in place. Well, that really puts an off. That really puts your quarterback at an advantage. So you know this is kind of part of the game, unfortunately. Okay, part of the game is understanding what your player is, and then how do we play this guy? Oh, I see. He is Durham Smythe. Let's make him our pass catching tight end. Uh, let's not. That's not what he is. But when you do things that you shouldn't do, don't expect a different result. Expect what you should expect. Durham Smythe is mediocre. Durham Smythe is a backup and has no business starting on your team. Right? So you got to play people where they belong. And as I've said over and over again, we got a Mike McDaniel that can't win challenges, that doesn't know how to send in plays on time. And he doesn't even know what kind of quarterback he has. He plays he plays Tua like he's Dan Marino or John Elway. And you cannot play Tua like Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrow. The only two guys in the NFL that can play without a running game and just go slinging it all over the place. No. And so hopefully our head coach actually understands what kind of football player he's coaching. And then that way he can maximize it and go win a bunch of titles. 
okay? But it's up to him to figure it out. Tampa could, didn't know what to do with Steve Young, and then Sam Fran did. That's kind of the way it goes. You know, sometimes you get a player, and then you don't know how to maximize that player. And then there goes another coach and says, yeah, no, I we can work with Jared Goff better than you. And that's what the Detroit Lions did over the Rams. It's interesting how that works out, right? You know, a player looks completely different when he goes to Seattle in Geno Smith or playing for the Jets. Not that Geno Smith was a great quarterback, but Geno Smith at least became a better player in that system. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the way it is. The, the problem here is that people don't understand the quarterback position or don't understand the player and how to use it. So if you misuse it, the player is going to look bad. But if you know how to use them, then the player ends up looking pretty damn productive for you overall, right? Kendall Lamb looked better here than he ever did in the other seven, eight years anywhere else he was. Hassan Whiteside, while a bum, played his best basketball for Eric Spolstra because Eric looked at what he was and then played him to whatever he could get out of him and got the max out of him, right? Most people wouldn't have been able to resurrect Duncan Robinson's career out of nothing, but the Heat did. James Johnson bounced around the NBA, came here, played the best basketball of his career because they, at the Heat, they do a really good job of identifying you, who you are, and then we're going to say, okay, this is how we're going to play you. And then you, you end up thriving in the Heat unlike another place. And that's because, again, you must understand who you're coaching. And then, now that you know who you're coaching, now you can coach them up to their strengths and sidestep their weaknesses or whatever you want to call it. Lack of strength. If you want. So that's really what's going on here. You guys can end up with the stupidity and the bullshit stuff, which I don't know whether Omar was talking about it or not. Oh, if he was a free agent or what? He's not a free agent. So you can talk about those stupid hypotheticals and waste your time. But in the end, what's going on is that a shit ton of you don't understand the quarterback position, including people in the media. So that's what's going on more than anything else. Okay. Uh, let's see. Washington wouldn't mind having. To, yeah, I don't care about that. Uh, Big O, do you think San Francisco? Uh, I'm not talking about. Uh, I see what you're saying oh, about Eric Correa on the defense, but like the Ravens, they were gangbusters in the regular season and fell short in the playoffs. Amen to that. That's why I said I understand what you're saying. The only thing is I. I could give the 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 Chargers a break on that because they never had a defense when they would go to the playoffs, you know. But you're right, you're right. I I, I can't argue that they could be very Chargers like. That's kind of the way they would be viewed. But only old people like you and me would be able to make that correlation. Young people would have no idea because they don't they didn't see the like 
It's like when Cam was talking about Mahomes and Brady are the GOAT, and then I said, well, you know, I don't want to forget Joe Cool here. But Cam never saw Joe Montana play. He has no idea. You know, he, he could go watch YouTube and he could go watch a highlight and all that, but that doesn't give you really the feel for Joe Montana. You know what I mean? If you lived it and watched it, then you have it. You know, it's a different ballgame. Uh, let's see. McDaniel doesn't seem very smart to me, and I'm going off two years I've seen from him. He is smart, but he doesn't coach smart. You're right about that. You know, there are a lot of people that are smart, and then they do dumb things. And McDaniel's a smart guy that, unfortunately, outthinks himself, and it ends up being stupid what he does. That's what it is. It's, he's definitely a smart guy, but he outthinks himself. And that happens. Smart people do that all the time, dude. You overthink something, and then you do it the wrong way. Uh, Big O, what are your thoughts on the former Bills DC? Do you think he's a good fit? Well, we were talking about the linebackers coach from, from the Bills. That's who the guy we were talking about, and he's still there, I think. So. Oh, I think he means Leslie Frazier. Oh, Frazier? Yeah, he'd be solid. You know, the good thing about Frazier um, is the head coaching stuff. So he has that to kind of be a sounding board for Mike McDaniel. He kind of looks like a Mike McDaniel type coach. Because Leslie Frazier is not like this, you know, screamer and all that kind of stuff. Okay, uh, what else do we have going on? All right, let me uh, let's get into our uh, 3A graphics sports calendar. Heat now have uh, have uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, Heat have now lost seven in a row. Last night they lost to the Suns, one eighteen to one hundred five. They're now just one game above 500, 24 and twenty three, twelve and eleven at home, dude. Anyway, uh, they will uh, take on Sacramento on Wednesday at 7.30. Tonight, the best team in South Florida, number two in the conference with 66 points, the Florida Panthers. They will uh, – They will. no, not tonight, February 6th, which is a week from tonight. They will take on Philly at 7 o'clock, right? So uh, there you go because obviously uh, All-Star and all that crap, they're off. Uh, tonight at 9 o'clock – not the Panthers. Panthers is next Tuesday. Tonight at 9 o'clock, the University of Miami takes on NC State. NC State is favored by four and a half. Uh, NC State is 13 and seven and five and four in the conference. And Miami's 14 and six and five and four in the conference. And I got to tell you something Vegas has NC State favored by four and a half. I took the Canes plus four and a half. I think the Canes either win this game or barely lose this game because Omir is playing off his rocker, dude. I think he's going to be a force again tonight. I like the Canes plus four and a half in this one. To me, that is value. And we're not talking about an NC State team that's some juggernaut here, okay? They're a decent team, 
But I think Miami's actually pretty good in getting better now, now that Omir is back and everything's kind of getting settled in. Uh, I'm going to be watching tonight at 9 o'clock, and I'm, I, I've already put some action in on this. I took the Canes plus four and a half. I'm riding with that. So you guys do as you please. I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch, but uh, I'm going with that one. And, of course, our 3A graphics, sports calendar, Alan Blanco and the great people. Call them 786-618-1443. Custom printing and embroidery, 3A graphics, sports calendar. Yes, sir. Call them, baby. Remember, we're going to have a shooting contest tomorrow, 7 o'clock, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range. All right? Oh, I got the plaque downstairs, but I got the plaque already. It is set to go. I went to uh, went to uh, top. I went to um, Orvieto's Awards and more right off of 163rd, right by the uh, mall, close to the mall. It's uh like right across from what's well, pretty close to Chick-fil-A. It's another block and a half east of Chick-fil-A on 163rd. Fat people, food, landmarks. It's what we do. Anyway, um went there yesterday. I've known Charles for a long time, and they do an awesome job. So if you need any kind of trophies or plaques or anything like that. Or Vieto's awards and more, please call my friend Charles right there, 305 949 8098. They will take care of you. You could probably do a lot of that even online. They can show you all kinds of stuff and everything. So you don't even have to go there. And uh, they can even ship it back out to you if you want to. Everything can be done with pictures and everything. You can all see it and all that. That's the beauty of, of technology nowadays. But reach out to Charles, man, 305 305- 949-8098 for Orvieto's awards and more. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else do we have going on? Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. And you can also make a Bitcoin donation on Cash App or Venmo. Okay. Oh, uh, let me get you a little music entertainment and music history. Well, uh, first of all, let's get to a little birthdays. Let's do that. Now, let's do music history, the 30th. Let's do that first. little music history on January 30th in 1969. The Beatles played their famous lunchtime rooftop gig on the Apple Building in London. The 40-minute gig wound up being the last time the group would ever perform live. At the end of the set, John Lennon told the crowd, I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves, and I hope we pass the audition. In 73 on this date, fresh from changing their name from Wicked Lester, a group called Kiss made their first appearance. It took place at the Popcorn Club in Queens, New York, and it featured the all-original members, Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, Peter Chris, and Ace Freely. In 82 on this date, Hall & Oates went to number one with I Can't Go For That No, No Can Do, the duo's fourth number one in America. And now they give each other a different kind of number one. Uh, in 1972, more than a dozen Roman Catholic civil rights marchers 
were shot by British soldiers in London, Londonderry, Northern Ireland. The event became known as Bloody Sunday and the inspiration for U2's song, Sunday Bloody Sunday. In 88 on this date, In Excess had their first hit in America with Need You Tonight. And that's what happened today in Musica history. Now we go with birthdays today. Celebrating a birthday on January 30th. Uh, Dexter King, movie actor, born in 61 on this date. Sadly, we just lost him here in 2024. Kid Cudi, a rapper, is 40 years old. Uh, Sean, Becky Lynch, wrestler. I got two thumbs up. Okay. So you guys got a Becky wrestling, huh? Christian Bale. Oh, how good for you. He is 50 years old. Danielle Campbell, act, movie actress, is 29. Uh, D Storm Power, singer, 42. Franklin D. Roosevelt, the former president, born in 1882 on this date, lost him in 45. Elza Gonzalez, TV actress, is 34. Phil Collins is 73. I just saw Robert Plant tweet out uh, a happy birthday to Phil Collins. Uh, movie actress Olivia Coleman is 50. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Who else? Wilder, Wilmer Valderrama. He is 44. Isn't wasn't he born here? Wasn't he born in Miami? Yep, birthplace Miami. Aquarius. There you go. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? Bunch of TikTok and YouTube stars that I have no idea who the hell they are. Some girl named Haley Reese. She's 28. She's a pop singer. I don't know who the hell she is. Let me click into it and find out. Multi-talented singer, songwriter, model, and actress who has made a name for herself as an opening act for Elisa, a performer in season three of Next Star. Okay, I would never know that. Okay. But happy birthday to her anyways, right? Gene Hackman, one of my favorite actors of all time, 94 years old man god bless him he's made it to 94 man jesus you're stealing money once you hit 80 i think you're stealing money at that point right 80 that's like the cutoff you know once you get to 80 you're like already you're 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 you're, you're tempting it already at that point you know you're in your 70s you've lived a long life good one once you get to the 80s, you're a badass. And you get to the 90s, you're, you know, you're you're in you're in like superb territory. Peter Smelly Crouch, soccer player, is 43 years old. One of the tallest players ever, by the way, 6'7, played for the English national team from 05 to 10. Also had stints with Tottenham Hotspur, Aston Villa, and Liverpool. Okay, happy birthday to Peter Smelly Crouch. Those are your birthdays today. 
How about that? All right. By the way, do you see where they're going to put the tallest building in the world there, uh, Sean? You have any idea? Did you hear about this? Where, where would you put the tallest building? What city would you put it in? Buffalo. <laughs> Pretty close. Plans to build the tallest skyscraper in the United States are shaping up in an unlikely metropolis. Oklahoma City. Developers at a real estate company are adjusting the already ambitious plans to construct a boardwalk at Brick, a Bricktown Tower a few hundred feet to make the building 1,907 feet, which would make it the tallest in the country. I think I said the world, the country. Because uh, the one in, um, so it's uh, Khalifa or something like that. Not the Wiz Khalifa, but whatever it is, right? Something like that is the one in uh, in um, Dubai, right? If I, I think that's the tallest one. The symbolic heights honor the year that Oklahoma was admitted as the 46th state of the United States. The firm's initial application for the tallest build had the tallest buildings, four towers reaching 1,750 feet, which would have made its second tallest building behind Manhattan's Freedom Tower. Manson Capital Monday, it intended to request a variance from the city's zoning to construct the Mammoth Project. If approved, the structure would be the fifth tallest in the world. Let's see if they actually have the list of all of them. Plans for the structure call for three towers, each about 345 feet tall, and a fourth tower jutting at 1,907 feet into the sky, dominating Oklahoma City's otherwise unremarkable skyline. Uh, the mixed-use mixed project spans 5 million square feet. Plans include a 1,776 residential units, two Hyatt hotels, condos, and 110,000 square feet of commercial and community-used space. The top floors of the super-tall tower will have a restaurant, a bar, an observation deck, according to Madison Capital, an observation deck to see Oklahoma City. Okay. Uh, however, city officials told Oklahoma City Free Press that the company would need city officials to rezone the property instead of simply requesting a variance. They have 680,000 people in Oklahoma City, one of the fastest growing cities in America. Jumped to 20th last year. So there you go. How about that? Oklahoma City will have the tallest building in the United States. That's some crazy shit right there, man. That is some crazy, crazy stuff. Brett Dodger likes Gene Hackman. Lenny Pena says Gene Hackman is a master of his craft. The man is a living legend. Amen to that. Amen to that. Love Gene Hackman. I, it's like, I, and I can watch Bat 41, I think it is, or um, Mississippi Burning, right? When the one where he was a lawyer and, oh man, that, that one, is it Mississippi Burning, I think it is? He is so good as a lawyer. I don't care if I'm watching The Replacements or whatever, man. Chinatown. I, I mean, it's just, he's so good, man. He's so good. Is he our, 
Is he the most successful movie coach of all time? Gene Hackman. Is Gene Hackman the most successful movie coach of all time? He took Hickory to the championship, and the replacements beat an NFL team as Shane Falco only played a half. What happens if Shane Falco plays the whole half? The Sentinels kick their ass. Gene Hackman, greatest movie coach of all time. Right? Nobody's done two coaching stints in the movies, right? Anybody else? And, I mean, Hoosiers is probably top five sports movie of all time. I don't know if it's your number one, but if it's not in your top five, you don't know sports movies. That's all I got to say. But Gene Hackman has got to be the greatest movie coach of all time. Not one, but two, and two different sports. What do you got for me, Sean? I was going to go with Al Pacino. You know, he was the head coach of the Miami Sharks. They won the championship, and then he stole Willie Beeman to go make a startup team. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hoosiers alone is better than both those movies combined. I'm not going with the movie. I'm going with the results of the coach. Oh, that's right. I got to go with the coach and the movie results. Oh. I have to go with both. Oh, oh, oh. I have to go with both, right? I mean, I have to go with these the best because those the two movies. Hell, I got to tell you something. I'm taking the replacements over every given Sunday, oh. any given Sunday. I don't think any given Sunday was that good, actually. It was all right. I didn't really ever look at any given Sunday as a really good movie. Hoosiers is replacements is a fun movie. I can watch that one all the time, but Hoosiers is God. That is one of the great man. The Mia Khalifa. That's it. She sucks them that big. So yeah, that that's that's about that's about accurate. Yes, sir, Sean. Not a coach. But I was what? I was trying to get you before you got into that. I mean, I can't even I can't even go after that. What the hell am I supposed to go with now here? I was gonna uh, say, how about Kevin Costner? Because he built the baseball field of dreams, and then he was a hell of a GM. It was a terrible movie, but terrible yeah, movie, okay. but that damn deal? Are you kidding me? But it's a coach, not a GM. That's the thing. So, but that's good. I actually like that one better than Al Pacino, but he's a coach. He's not a coach. He's a GM there. That's the problem with that one. So, the Fonz in the Water Boy. <laughs> uh, Big O, I will always remember Hackman as Popeye Doyle. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. It's such a random city to put one of the tallest buildings in the world. I know. It's just crazy that Oklahoma City would be the one. Uh, unacceptable, not taking the points and kicking the field goal. Fire Dan, time to clean house. <laughs> you know, it's funny because in Miami, we would have idiots that would want to fire uh, Dan Campbell after that, which you can't fire. Dan. He screwed up, okay, but he's done 
wonders in Detroit that nobody's ever done. You you can't ever, you know. But it, here's the funny part. So San Francisco's in the Super Bowl. Let me explain to you some Dolphin fans now. Okay? Let me explain to you what I deal with. Okay? Because I guarantee you if I was doing this show and we switch teams and we have the Niners here and they have the Dolphins in San Francisco, okay? And we have the success they're having. John Lynch, they would want to fire him. Why? Because of the trade for Lance. Three first-rounders, all of that. Two years ago, they would have fried the guy. Oh, who cares, this, that. And even if Purdy would have had success in that first year, which he did, not this second year, but last year, they still would have said, oh, no, John Lynch sucks. He gave away three first-rounders, this, that. That Purdy guy is probably not real, all that. And they would have wanted to fire it, even though he's done a great job building up the team. Okay, they haven't won it, whatever. They've fallen short. I get it. And then they made a disastrous trade for Trey Lance. The Dolph, a lot of Dolph fans would have wanted everybody fired at that point. And look, they're now in the Super Bowl. But this is what I deal with. And it's not the reality, unfortunately. So some of you, you just get too, too, too emotional. So I would have Dolph fans that would want to fire Dan Campbell. I would have Dolph fans that would want to fire John Lynch. Guaranteed, dude. Guaranteed. A year ago, they'd be wanting to fire John Lynch. Now, two years in, I mean, by now you got to be pretty, pretty much like convinced that you know, Purdy's a good player, dude. The guy can throw the football. He's accurate. Give him give him love, dude. He deserves it. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Replacements is one of those movies that never gets old, no matter how much you watch it. I, I can watch The Replacements every single time I run into it. I will stop, and from the moment I watch it, I probably will watch it all the way to the end. Oh, and, and by the way, can I say one thing about The Replacements? The cheerleader that Falco, you know, hooks up with, I don't know how she looks now or whatever. Can I just say she's got one of the great smiles I've ever seen in my life. Her teeth, her smile was just dynamite, dude. She's cute, too, and all that stuff. But her smile, that's always something that always stands out to me about that human being there. You know what I mean? Her smile was just electrifying, dude. Really, 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 really attractive. Not only was she cute and nice body and all that kind of stuff, and that's the obvious stuff, but to me, her smile was just, man, electrifying. Loved it. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, what do you think of Vince McMahon? Looks like he's uh, scum of the earth is what he looks like. If all this stuff is true, I mean, listen, it's not like you were looking at Vince McMahon like he was some kind of great guy or whatever. But um, looks like he deserves jail time if that stuff is real. If not, just get lost and go join a mariachi band since that's what you look like now. Big old best sports movie, Slapshot. But, hey, I'm Canadian. I, I have no problem somebody saying Slapshot is one of the best sports movies. Slapshot's a great movie. Are you kidding me? I mean, the Hanson brothers are probably some of the best characters in the history of sports movies. 
Uh, Big O, I'm wrong. Back in the day, Miami had indoor football team, right? Yeah, the Hooters. Yeah, I have a, I have a helmet. Um, Jim Jensen was part owner of the Hooters, my man. Uh, let's see. I remember I went to the game when I was younger. I forget the name and where the stadium was. It was at the Miami Arena, and it was the Miami Hooters. They were there for, for a little while. I, I believe two seasons, I want to say. Can you look it up? Can you Wikipedia the bitch for me? I want to say the Miami Hooters was here for two years. Then they moved. I, I Did they... Or did they move to Miami from somewhere or they after like two years here, then they moved somewhere else and then it was disbanded or something or I forgot how it went. But I think it was at the Miami Arena. I want to say about two seasons. No more than that. I have a Miami Hooters helmet. Yeah, I do. I bought one back in the day and uh, it's a collector's item now. Yes, sir. All right, so technically there was two teams. Right. The Miami Hooters, primarily recognized by the Arena Football League, its debut in the league began as the Sacramento Attack. That's what it was. In they 1992. Right. And then it... And, hold on a minute, sorry. And then there's the Florida Bobcats. Yes, that is Which true. was based I- in Sunrise. They were previously known as... The Sunrise Attack. So I'm not sure. Maybe they moved from Miami Arena to Sunrise? Maybe. Maybe. And, and they went or, from the Miami Hooters to the Florida Bobcats because they were doing. Right. And how many how many years were they, are they the Hooters in Miami Arena? Like two years, I want to say? Uh, hold on I don't minute. know if they made it to a third. They I want to say it was a. They were years. in the league uh, from 92 to 2001. They were the attack in 92. They were the Hooters from 93 to 95. And then 96 to 2001, they were the Florida Bobcats. And in that time, they won, uh, let's see here. They won an AFL title? They won nothing. Okay. Two playoff appearances in 92 and 93, and then downhill from there. Just like all the other South Florida teams. Yeah. Yeah, if, if something, uh, I think if something I would tell people, any investor out there, don't ever put a minor league team in South Florida. Doesn't matter if you're the Miami Miracles, you're the Miami Matadors, you're the Miami Hooters, you're the Miami Tropics, you you will fail. Okay? The Florida Bobcats. I, I, you know, I've, I've lived it. I've watched all these minor league teams come and go and none of them ever work out. Okay. You can only survive in South Florida with pro teams. Okay. Full fledged top of the tier professional teams. And you better commit to entertaining and winning. Not, you don't have to win a title, but you have to commit to being worthy of being going out to, to if not you will die like the marlins you know but if you do that then you're fine but all minor league teams all of them fail every single one fails in south florida we will not support minor league teams we won't support the new york yankees minor league team we won't support the baltimore orioles minor league team we won't support a slew of arena teams, arena league teams, and I don't care if you're the Matadors in minor league hockey, 
or the Hooters or the Bobcats in minor league football. I don't care what you do, okay? You can you can bring any kind of minor league outfit here and you will not survive. You will die and die a quick death every single time. South Floridians, even if you win, we want no part of minor league teams. We don't want Miami FC. We don't want Inter-Miami, you know, not Inter-Miami, this one, CF, but I'm talking about, uh, no, it wasn't Inter-Miami, it was uh, Fusion, I'm sorry. No, Fusion was MLS, uh, and they only failed because of the owner, not because of the fans. But I know there was another minor league. It's just they all struggle, dude. They all struggle. It's a shame. But we're, we're not, we will not support minor league sports. Didn't forget about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, ladies football in Miami, bring back that league. Yeah, that that failed too. Uh, women's soccer. I went up to see the uh, the Jack, whatever, or the Power Jack, the Magic Jack. And and by the way, we had some of the best women's soccer players in the world on our team in our backyard in Palm Beach. They had a couple of benches there for you to sit. It was just, it, it would, it was, it was never going to make it. We will not support any minor league sports, dude. We just won't. They've all died. Take it from the the the, the Miami Soul was an WNBA team and it couldn't make it here. And WNBA is kind of considered, you know, to males minor league. Not not that it's right, but it is. What can I say? Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Super V says, best show, big O show. It's educational. It's diverse in topics. And three, it provides great sponsors. Thank you, big O. I appreciate you. And I appreciate you supporting our sponsors like Cutter's Edge Pro. And light up that cigar with Perdomo. Yes, sir. So the my, they tried very hard. They had Don Strzok the first year in Miami. Yeah, and then the first year they came back here to Sunrise, Jim Jensen was their head coach. Yep, yep. they're trying yep. to build on the nostalgia. Also, they went from Arco Arena to the Miami Arena to West Palm Beach Auditorium, back right. to then it was the National Car Rental Center. Right, is where they finished yeah. up. It's just it was tough, man. Tough. The minor league outfits just struggle to survive here, man. All right, uh, we thank Cameron Wolf. We thank Manny Navarro, as always. Uh, appreciate Sean Stanley, the man, the myth, the legend, that knows how to get it done here on the show. We shall see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Remember, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, we're going to be at Top Gun Indoor Range. All right, so we're going to have our first ever shooting contest, so let's have some fun. Got the plaque ready. Going to get some prizes, some giveaways, and and have some fun. So come on out and join us. One twenty fifteen Southwest, one hundred fourteen place, right off of the Turnpike and one hundred twentieth. You make a left, and you go through the next light, and you'll see a shopping center on your right side. Past that shopping center, right behind it is is Top Gun. And uh, come on out and join us, man. By the way, if you need to eat dinner or anything. The hole in the wall is right there, and they serve some great food. Okay? There you go. All right? 
And maybe somebody in your entourage doesn't want to be at the gun place at, at the at the at the at the range. You can leave them off over at uh, at Odyssey Arcade, which is two blocks away, and they can be playing video games while you're at the Top Gun indoor range. So there you go. You can do that too. See, see, I try to make life as easy as possible for you and the family and all that stuff. So uh, come on out and join us tomorrow at 7 o'clock at Top Gun Indoor Range. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Appreciate all of you that tuned in. If you sent in a super chat, thank you. If you sent in a cash app or Venmo at any time, Cash Big O Show, we appreciate it immensely. We'll see you uh, tomorrow morning. Same time, same place, same bat channel. All right, folks, the competition is set this Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range. Just got the plaque for the winner, our first shooting contest at Top Gun, 7 o'clock. Hey, by the way, everybody participating in the shooting contest will get a big old T-shirt. So come on out and participate. Even participating, you win. We'll have some prizes and giveaways. The winner will get this plaque. Orvieto's Awards and more. They are in North Miami Beach. I've known them for about 30 years. They do great work. And then, of course, Steve and all the great people at Top Gun Indoor Range is going to be fun. We're going to make this a contest every couple of months. We're going to have some fun. So this is our first plaque ever for the giveaway. So who's going to win it? Who is it? Who's got the best shot here in South Florida? Meet us this Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m., Top Gun Indoor Range. Y'all be good out there. And, of course, tune in to the Big O Radio Show daily, 10 a.m. on YouTube.